today we have a very special guest. I would like to introduce the honorable, lovely Lady Amanda Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> that is a total lie. I am not a special guest. Yes, I'm you are like expert. the informal, unofficial president of the Bridgerton fan club. You are also, I will say, informal president of the unofficial. <laughs> I will also say that you are the official expert on Bridgerton on the Main Dish podcast. <laughs> of the two of, of us. Of the two of us. You I, are the expert. <laughs> I would have to agree. Um, only because I've subjected myself. Subjected or chosen. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, you, you've chosen. You've been attracted to. You've. So yeah, but um, I also then once we decided, I was like, I could babble on about this dumb show forever. It's not dumb, but I could babble on about this dumb TV show forever. I was like, we should just once we decided to do a little bonus episode to talk about it forever. I was like, well, better dive in some more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it just fueled your passion. Yeah, I was like, better learn it inside out. I'll mm-hmm. watch it again mm-hmm. and again and again. And what and about what, that? What one are part? you? Are you literally? I know, like we joke how it's like your fourteenth time, but like. Literally, uh, what, what, what <laughs> how, <laughs> let's start with, uh, basics. <laughs> uh, how many times have you watched the Bridgerton series? I really can't be sure at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I know at least four. Yes. One by yourself. That is not a lie. One with me. No, two by myself. Oh. And then the third time was with you. Okay. Oh. And then and the then, fourth time was and just then like. And I read the book. Got you. And then. And then I watched it again. Again. Okay. Got you. And then I think you're watching it again. But like I've so. I'm pretty sure I watched it again all the way to, all the way through a fourth time. And because I after I read the book, I was like, well, now I kind of want to read it again. Because like mm-hmm. in my head, I was going back watch and forth with stuff. Yeah. So now that I've watched it again, I want to read the book again. <laughs> the whole thing is like a cycle. It's a cycle. OK. And then let's start with for, uh, you know, I'm assuming, but I don't like to assume. I'm assuming that our listeners uh, have chosen to listen to this episode, our bonus episode, specifically because they're interested in the Bridgerton. But just in case we have listeners that don't know about Bridgerton, let's start with basics. Tell me about Bridgerton. Uh, like, for example, like how you know, wh- what network? How do you find it? Obviously, it's a TV series. I'll be asking a lot of questions. My natural. I think. Trait. Yeah, I hope you do. Uh, I think Bridgerton um, for anybody who hasn't seen it. This episode is going to be loaded with spoilers. Oh, yeah. So if you're not gonna watch it listen away and even if you're not that interested in the show maybe you just listen to my 40 minute or i don't even know how long we're gonna rant about it but maybe you just listen to this little episode about it and then you get all eight hours of content <laughs> in my babbling and maybe it inspires you to watch it because like obvious like obviously there's a lot of good stuff to be seen with your eyeballs but i'm gonna spoil some things for you and i'm gonna go i'm also gonna throw some content in about the book that the mm-hmm. story is based on and towards the end and I will tell you what I think is coming next. Oh, right. And we have a fun little game. Yes, we do. Okay, so let's start with um, how did you first hear about the Bridgerton series? And uh, yeah, let's start there. So Bridgerton is a Netflix original. Mm-hmm. It's Shonda Rhimes, uh, a.k.a. Shondaland is her production company. It's based on a series of books by Julia Quinn. There are eight books in the Bridgerton series, one for each child of the Bridgerton family. And let's start with the eight names. Yes. Go for it. So I have them all. Yep. I have them all. So their eight Bridgerton children are named alphabetically from oldest to youngest. There's Antony, 
Benedict, Colin, Daphne, Eloise, Francesca, Gregory, and Hyacinth. And you learn, I think you learn in the book that Hyacinths are their mother, Violet Bridgerton. Um, That's her favorite flower. Oh, okay. So... I didn't know that. Inside information. Okay. Um, and then the first TV uh, the first season series, or series, I guess. Okay. Of the first the first installment okay. of yeah. the Bridgerton series. First installment of the Bridgerton series. On Netflix is based on The Duke and I, which is the first book. And it is about Daphne, the fourth child, but the oldest daughter, as she enters into the marriage mart in what is known as Regency era of London. So Regency era took place, I wrote this down, y'all. I did some homework. Regency era took place from 1811 to 1820. And this uh, series starts, I believe 1813 is the story of Daphne. So we're well in, we're a couple years into the Regency era. um, And it starts with her entering onto the marriage mart, which is when young single ladies of the town are... It really, so what does this is the ton mean. So this is part of your game for later. So. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> got you. Noted. Um, you already failed. So, <laughs> um, so this the uh, this show starts at the beginning of what they call social season, and social season runs about six months, or used to run about six months, and it was for ladies of the ton. And basically, this was like this was all real stuff. This is how it worked. It was all people of the upper echelon. So I'm telling you the definition of yeah. ton now. It's like the upper echelon of society. Mm-hmm. So the marriage mart was specifically for that crowd mm-hmm. and it was to keep like elites with elites. It was of very course. classist. Um, but yeah, that, that was the, that's the whole purpose of social season. It's six months, I guess, like I believe I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure what I read was January to July. Okay. Um, six months of balls and parties mm-hmm. and cookies and lemonades and dressing up in your fanciest little dresses. Got you. Yes. Um, do you have any other questions about the no, go ahead. time? <laughs> so um, I, I'm not going to like obviously walk through every single no. episode, but Daphne is our lead uh-huh. character. And why is she our lead? She's the one entering the marriage mart in this episode. And uh, you find out pretty quickly, like before they even roll the credits on episode one, that she, the queen dubs her the diamond of, diamond of the season diamond of the first water oh i didn't know that but yeah diamond of the season, season. Diamond okay of i the thought first it was water. okay i feel like they were those both of those terms were used about mm-hmm. her um and what is i mean like i know what it is but what does diamond of the season mean it's basically a term that they used like if you were the diamond you were the debutante yeah, the most precious season. i would say like yeah everyone had your eyes on like everyone's watching her because she seems to be the most i don't know priceless most valuable most she, yeah, uh, she um, was the most precious yes like just appeared like a gracefulness it's just all these i mean in the first in the opening mm-hmm. scenes i mean like she was deemed flawless yes the queen called her flawless, flawless my dear yes. yes yes which is you know super super for you know it, it worked out for her so <laughs> what's funny in the books uh Daphne is 20 entering the marriage mart they don't really address her age in the show um no they don't I want to say they 
that she's still about 20 in the show because but they don't talk about her being on the marriage mart at all before this they say it's her first season or at least they allude you to believe it's her first season in the book she's sort of like a girl next door average prettiness and it's like i think her third market i think she'd already been on two seasons prior or it's her second i can't remember now off the top see this is why i need to read it again so in the book, it's her second, maybe third season out on the Marriage Mart, and she had turned down a few proposals by some, quote, beastly hmm. <laughs> people in the town, um, old dudes, and she's mm-hmm. like, I want to have kids, so no, and then just grotesque people, I guess, basically was the way it puts it in the book, and... In this in this series, this is her first time out on the market, and she knocks it out of the park. The queen's like, you're a babe. Anyone will be lucky to have you. And the difference you were mentioning before is uh, the queen plays an actually plays a very uh, bigger role than she does in the book. Like, she yeah. plays a bigger role in the TV series than in the book. At the same time, she also plays a much funnier, more comedic role in the TV series than the book as well. And yeah. you do, you know, the, the producers and the writers really created a story behind the queen as well yeah. and gave her some depth and emotion. Oh, the queen is a, a really fun character, which... Knowing what I know now from reading two books and um, just kind of watching the show so many times and knowing what I know from the other books in and then combining it with this series, um, they I'm pretty sure there's not going to be eight installments of the Bridgerton show because they've sort of started to pull in elements of the other books, like of those storylines into this installment. So it's great that we... Like in the book, you know there's a queen, but she's not a character like she right. is in the show. And she's a great character. Like she's such a sassy bee. I love, there's a scene when Daphne meets a prince. The This prince comes to town and she he's like a nephew of the queens. He comes to town. He's a prince of, from Prussia. And all the girls, you know, are swooning. It's like, oh, swoon will be in your test later. Uh, so... All the girls are swooning and everybody wants the prince. They all want to be a princess, obviously. And he, of course, sets his sights on Daphne at some point. But she, there's this funny little thing where she snort laughs. I don't know if you remember this. I do remember it. She snort laughs and he just kind of looks at her like, uh, what just came out of you? <laughs> <laughs> and she apologizes. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry, your your, your highness. And he goes, it's quite all right. No apologies. And the queen's just standing there and she looks at her and she goes, well, maybe a little. <laughs> I know. I love- queen's such a bitch. I love it. She's like, oh, maybe a little. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> the queen, um, again, full of spoiler alerts. So the queen is married. It's a biracial marriage with yes. the queen and her husband. Mm-hmm. The queen is black and the king is white. Mm-hmm. And they do talk about it a little bit in the show. Yeah, how- I really like that because I wonder, I was going to ask you, like, mm-hmm. did the book, the book didn't really touch much no. on race, but I really appreciate how the this TV series kind of sprinkled that in. Yeah. It wasn't a big part of it, but it right. was sprinkled in, especially because Lady Danbury is black and there's a scene and in the TV series and um, talks about with the Duke yeah. about how like if it wasn't for the queen, black people wouldn't have the opportunities mm-hmm. or the ability to have some of the ranks that they've had, like Lady and Duke and things like that. Right. And so, um, you know, and so I really appreciate the producers and the writers sprinkling in some of that stuff um, one, because 
it's just great two because today you know and um and three it they really take the storyline of the book even though i haven't read the book they take it to a a different level Mm -hmm. because oftentimes when i mean producers were written a while ago and they're set in the 1800s yeah but it's nice to see when when you are taking a book into like this screen you also are challenged with how do you stay true to the storyline but also taking it to the next level and giving it some kind of magical twist right Mm -hmm. and i really like like that part of it is a just a little piece of sprinkle that adds to the TV show and makes it even more special. And you got to think, I mean, you just have to be smart about this. I mean, Shonda Rhimes is a black woman. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she's going to you you want people of color to be represented in some way in your TV show. And it's like, how can we do that smartly? How can mm-hmm. we do that? you know, to fit in with the modern times. And they filmed this a year ago. I mean, it was before COVID. All, it was, yeah. I mean, it was before Black Lives oh, Matter yeah, yeah. was <laughs> like, a, you know, the marches yeah. and the movement and the George Floyd and all this stuff happened over the summer, which is great. Like, I mean, it's just so it's nice. like ahead of its time almost, it's, you know? Yeah, it's beautiful to see that everyone sort of, there's, there's, there's multiple colors being represented here and it's not just a white show. Because I don't think it would be as interesting of a show, if I'm being honest with you, if, if, if you were just staring at a bunch of white people. Of course. And the Duke. Holy moly. Let's talk about the Duke. Okay. So obviously the book is called The Duke and I. And of course it spoils that uh, (sighs) it's about Daphne and the Duke. So, you know, most hopeless romantics or just the the, the average person who has common sense knows that love stories always end up with, you know, obviously you're going to hear the title, The Duke and I, and know that Daphne and Duke end up together. Or you're hoping. Right. But the the story is about the journey that gets them to the end or together, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the journey to getting them together um so the duke shows up in episode one too he's all wounded and um I don't, what are he's the, a little i had some really good words mm-hmm. for him um wounded is like my well he's very brooding he's mm-hmm. wounded mm-hmm. he's jaded he's mm-hmm. closed off i say jaded for sure he you learn pretty quickly that there was a major falling out with his father or he had sort he of has a, something yeah something's going on and, yeah some something in the past yeah. is now affecting his present and possibly his future yes yeah, so you learn there's like a huge trauma and eventually you get to a scene where it's like he's a small child and he won't speak and then he can't speak and then he has a super stutter and his dad his father the duke uh basically doesn't want anything to do with him because he deems him like simple-minded or i forget he uses another term that is just like an idiot basically mm-hmm. calls him and it's just oh it's heartbreaking to watch because that little baby simon is it's the adorable. Thing I've and ever seen. He and you can see that he's trying so hard, and he really just wants to mm-hmm. like please you. He just wants you to be happy, and he just wants to do the right thing. But he he's so fearful, and he's so, so scared. scared, and uh, and and he's not getting any support from his father, the the man in his life, and yeah. he lost his mother yeah. at birth. Yeah, and you see the the scene with um, his mother giving birth and dying like right after childbirth, basically. Um, I don't know that they went into that much in the book, but they definitely right in the beginning of the book, it basically gives you all of Simon's backstory and then jumps into the Duke and I story. Um, so Simon shows up in a town. He's been gone for years, five or six years. His father has recently passed. So now he's like kind of okay with coming back to London. And now he is the Duke since his father has passed and real jaded, real wounded, real 
traumatized, all this stuff kind of brewing within him and stuffed down a lot of feelings, not really feeling any of it, not into it, doesn't ever want to marry, doesn't want to have kids. He doesn't even want to socialize with other people because Lady Danbury is like, I'm having a party tonight. And she's, uh, you know, again, like we go back to the whole balls and the whole season of, you know, uh, marriage mart or whatever. And so like Lady Danbury is opening up the season with a party or a ball at her place. And she's like, you know, you're expected to be there. You know, you're the Duke. And he's like, no, I will not go and you know uh, please you know please I, I am I mean I'm she's not like, of course to... you're invited he's like I decline she's like yeah. you I deny your decline <laughs> like whatever she tells him she's like uh I deny your de- declining this uh no you'll be there yeah you'll be there she I'll basically there. raised him so you exactly. learn that too yeah. in the scenes where he's a child that she goes to find him basically his father left him at their country house mm-hmm. so he grew up in their country house which is called Cliveden and Lady Danbury finds him there and she takes him under her wing, you know, along with like tutors and, um, you know, governesses and people who run the house. And uh, she make because she was best friends with his mother right. before she passed. And she makes sure that he comes up and he knows all of the things to do to be like proper to fill his role as the Duke as he grows when the time into, comes. Yeah. Becoming mm-hmm. the Duke and. So he rolls up into town and, you know, says hi to her and she makes him come to the ball. And, yeah. Uh, he's a little salty about it. And um, like he rolls up on a horse looking like a badass all in black. And, uh, you know, he's like sipping on a flask. He's clearly like this bad boy character. And he's got like the perfect stubble, which just makes him insanely hot. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how hot he looks. He is pretty hot. I like. I also wonder how do you ride a horse with that like top hat kind of deal? How does that stay on? Does it really stay on? I mean, it did in the show. Yeah, but how long was he on there? I don't know. They made it look like he just rode in from the next town over, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty I sure mean, he so was like just like 10 feet away off, off, off set. True, but he didn't just like, <laughs> he didn't just like take a train in the 1800s and then get on a horse for like it's a taxi to the, yeah, <laughs> to <well>. the house. <laughs> I'm just like, what's up with these hats on horses? Do they really stay on your head? I don't know. I if, don't think so. If we have so. horse riders out there, could you holler at me and let me know? Because there's no little loops under yeah, it. But like who, who's wearing a top hat while they're horseback riding these days? Besides the Duke. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're a Duke and you're horseback riding with a top hat, please give us <laughs> tips and tricks on how you're keeping that top hat on. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. But even though, if you're a Duke, please call us. <laughs> Dear Duke, my number is. Um, so we have the Duke, this bad boy, and then we have Daphne, who's like the diamond of the season. Daphne is insanely innocent, which is how they keep all women in the town. Like the mamas don't tell the girls anything, anything about anything about anything related to childbearing sex. to sex to the what happens bed. On, yeah the, <laughs> what happens on, on married you know uh, wedding night uh, yeah and even in the show like her mom couldn't even have oh, that conversation her mom's with so her. awkward about it so like, oh, i was just like you know it's as natural as when the rains hit the fields in spring <laughs> and then flowers arrive what fuck <laughs> i was like uh i i was like i've never had sex it was like yeah. rain and flowers and then when when oh, uh, oh I'm forgetting the feather the feather bee is it feather bee Featherington the Featherington's so the cousin Feathering- yes. is pregnant yes uh, and oh, you know so the funny. girls are trying to figure out like how did a child like how did she get pregnant because yeah, they don't know for a while no. she's there for like a month and she doesn't get her period and they're all freaking out like they've they're like you've been here over a month what's going on and then they find out she's pregnant and then slowly it leaks out to the house and the sisters these featherington girls and they're all like i don't get it how do you get pregnant she's not married what happened (laughs) and then even then like when you're married 
how do you get pregnant? Yeah. Like they don't get it. They're like, they only know married people to get pregnant. Cause right. in this time in London, especially in that society, if you got pregnant out of wedlock, they would just whisk you away or you quickly got married to your person to like avoid embarrassment. Or genuinely, they just whisked you away until you had the baby and then they gave the baby away to family members and then you could come back to town. It was like you went away on a vacation. It's kind of crazy. Like a nine month vacation. I want to go on a nine month vacation. Yeah. Or like a seven month, depending on where you are in your. Yeah. In your pregnancy. Um, but yeah, the Featheringtons are neighbors and there are three daughters that are all hitting the marriage mart at the same time. The youngest one, I think, of the three is Penelope, mm -hmm. and she's, like, real young to be hitting the marriage mark. Like, it's, they discuss it a little bit in the show that, like, maybe she could wait until next season, and her mom's like, nonsense, and just shoves her in there. The Featheringtons are, like, loud and flamboyant, and the two older girls are kind of nitwits, and Penelope's kind of reserved. She's much more like Daphne's sister, Eloise. And that's why they're to, best friends. Yeah, wants to so. study, wants to read books, wants to you know, kind of do more, She's but very she, inquisitive. But she also She's, is kind of a bit more of a romantic than mm -hmm. Eloise. Eloise is like, meh. Yeah. Or, um, Eloise is like a very tomboyish character. She doesn't, of. she's not afraid to ask questions. Uh, she, <laughs> when she finds speak out her that, mind, when she finds out the Featherington's cousin is pregnant. She's like, can someone tell me how does one come to be with child? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole room, like her mother and uh, everyone, like Daphne's playing the piano. The whole room comes to like a screeching halt <laughs> and her brothers are in there and they all just look at her all wild eyed because the brothers are older and they all know. And they all know how. They've yes. all been fooling around. And everybody just comes like a screeching halt. Like what? <laughs> her mother's like, don't speak of such things. And like they just carry on. It's so crazy. Yeah. They tell them nothing. So Daphne didn't even, I mean, Daphne didn't even know to masturbate. So like, I guess oh, yeah. in because times, the, the, the Duke had like in times like this, you might rely on your older sisters to tell you stuff mm -hmm. or older friends. But in those days, if there wasn't anyone older around you, you had no one to kind of clue you in, even like hint around about anything about sex or like giving yourself orgasms, mm -hmm. like none of it. The Duke actually talks to her about it in, I think it's episode three. Yeah. Episode three, which is actually one of my favorite episodes. One is like really fast and it's a lot of information and it's like introducing all the characters at you and there's a lot going on. And two is good because it starts to set a pace and there's right. good music and more balls. And mm, But yeah. three, you really kind of get to like, I don't know, you get to a little more intimate because the characters start to get a little more involved with each other and kind of start to build on the. Yeah. You and know. then you start to learn more about the different storylines because everybody yeah. has their uh, kind of like own story. Like there's multiple storylines being weaved oh, together. Yeah. There's, you know, Lady Whistledown and that whole storyline. And, oh, we and didn't that. Even talk about yeah, I know. Um, but I also want us to talk about music and costumes. Yes. And, you know, we want to be mindful of. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, but so let's talk a little bit. About, I mean, we already talked a little bit about the storyline. We don't have to give out all the details. So let's talk a little bit about Lady Whistledown and, yes. and how that it plays a role so in the, the whole TV series. So the show starts with her narrating everything, kind of like basically narrating what she's writing in a gossip colonist. So this is what they called, um, they called, the, what did they have? They have a name for those papers. Um, shoot, now I can't remember. While you're figuring it out, I will do a shout out to oh. the lovely Julie Andrews, who is yes. the voice actress behind Lady Whistledown. Uh, but Julie Andrews music. is not in the show at all. Uh, but I, I just want to say that she's narrating. And I've always been a big fan of Julie Andrews. My best friend, Amber, is a big fan of Julie Andrews. And Who's I not? just 
I know. So I just want to. Okay. So the <laughs> so gossip it's column. A scandal sheet. Got it. Scandal sheet. A scandal sheet is like a gossip rag. It'd be like Us Weekly or something like this. But like this one's a little different because this lady Whistledown isn't a name anyone knows. And she clear she names names and she like calls people out like so-and-so was over here with so-and-so. And I heard yes. that this person was this. And so she it's ain't like, afraid of nobody. And it delivered to free for free to all of the porches in the town. Like right off the bat, like right, right after from the every ball action, like well, right from like the a, diamond. Yeah, like as soon as Daphne was declared the diamond, all of a sudden everybody knows, and it's all of the gossip, and it's outside the town, and like and like she she reveals secrets and yep. things that people are hiding behind the you know closed doors. Yeah. So, so how she finds like, this information out, yeah. we have you know we don't know until the very end yeah, of like the, the last series. minute of the show. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's an exciting element because you're trying to figure out who mm-hmm. she might be. And she's writing about all of the people in the town. Yeah. And you're like, what the so heck So while you're trying on? to follow the drama, you're also trying to figure out, like, what's the common thread between all the drama so they can figure out who Lady Whistledown I mean, is. And everybody in the show has drama. So yes. Anthony, the oldest brother, is, like, banging <laughs> one of the, the opera singer in town. He's banging the soprano. But because he's the head of the house, right. there's this whole conflict, social society conflict that he needs to wed someone who is of more status right. than He's part you of know. society right and she's not right so it would be highly looked highly looked down upon that sounds weird. <laughs> extremely, extremely looked, looked down, looked down, down on. on uh if he were yeah. to shack up with yep. someone who sings and then the second oldest son is benedict benedict and he's struggling to find like you know to achieve his dreams and to go for uh, go for what he's what makes him happy which is you know he wants to be an artist and then he discovers this kind of whole new lifestyle that you know is behind doors and he discover you know there's you know there there's the whole concept of yeah. like um lgbtq that is entered into the, the oh, yeah, sprinkles he into out with the artists mm-hmm. and he like and finds out that one of the experimental and yeah. um, so they like, have these big sex parties like yeah. everybody's like making out and going mm-hmm. at it and, and like, with each other at the same time big yeah. orgies <laughs> yeah. uh, so like you know there's <laughs> that this, sprinkled so this, into this era in life London was kind of known as a sexual revolution. Mm, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the third child is uh, Colin. He, Colin. And in the book, he has just come back from being overseas for a year okay. or two, maybe. And it kind of seems that way in the show. Although it they does. Don't yeah. Say it, it seems like he's been tra- like they've mentioned several times that he's been he traveling. Travel, he uh, but travel. he's also kind of looking. He's in the marriage mart as well. Yeah. They're all yep. single. And the Bridgerton boys yeah. are highly sought after because the family has a lot of money and they're very good looking mm-hmm. and, you know, they can oh. dance and they do all the things. And the other thing is is uh lord bridgerton Mm -hmm. the father is not in the picture he passed away and so that's why anthony is the head of the household but Mm -hmm. you know i again i i want to just mention that because it could be part of the trauma you know of just things like that he's yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, anyways so uh, let's talk <laughs> we've we touched base a little bit about the different characters and their different storylines how about and and of course lady whistledown let's talk a little bit about the music because the music is the music is incredible. amazing um and, the, and and the way <sighs> they present so the way the writers and the producers bring music into the tv series is pretty remarkable because they're using typical uh, classical music but to bring uh the like to bring a modern twist to it what do they do with the classical music yeah it's funny because none almost almost none of the music was actually accurate to the time Correct. where the show was taking yeah. place so it's a lot of pop music like i the first time i watched it i remember thinking i know this tune yeah but then i'm like You're but it's done so in a classical manner yeah 
you're paying so much attention to like the characters and your the language you know it's an accent and the language is a little different because of the time frame and you're like really trying to pay attention uh, me i'm really trying to pay attention to the dialogue to make sure i don't miss any of the story because there's so much happening i'm like i know this is that around five? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I really like how like they combined, like they tried yeah. to stay true to the time era, but then they brought them whole, they sprinkled the whole modern twist onto it yeah. by using modern songs. I mean, tons of, and then there's like, the, and then of course the second time I watched it and the third and the fourth, and all the times <laughs> I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, there's Taylor Swift. And yes. you know, like the next time I heard it, I was just mm -hmm. able to like pay a little more yeah. attention to it because I'd already seen it. So I could listen a little bit more and like get into my own head about it without getting too distracted from the story. There's like Sean Mendez, Billie Eilish, bad guy, which I love that scene because Daphne walks in. That's episode three. Again, one of my faves in case anybody's listening. Um, <laughs> if you're taking notes, episode three, she walks into one of the balls and I think it's Lady Trowbridge and just behind her comes the Duke with Lady Danbury and it's as bad guy yeah. is getting going <laughs> and they start to, they do a dance yeah. to it actually. The dances are amazing in the oh, show. Oh yeah. Beautiful. If you're into dancing, like there's a different dance, I think in every episode. In every, in in every, every ball, ball, there's a different dance and yep. every ball, there's a different color theme and yeah, cause every the costumes has right. a theme mm -hmm. or a color I should right. say. And so that's yeah. really a spectacular part of the, the series as well. The costumes. So Did involved. you dive into costumes when you were researching? A little bit. So, I mean, they made everything for the show. Um, dancers, back to dancers. Most of those, like all those people are actually professional dancers mm. dancing in the show. They weren't actors trained to dance. Um, the actors on the show were trained to dance. Right. And um, the speaking they were roles. Yeah. And they were surrounded by professional dancers. dancers yeah. So, um, if you wonder why it looks so, so fucking good, it's because it's, they're so fucking good. All yeah. of them. <laughs> it was amazing. It's amazing to watch even just the dancing. Cause uh, from the first dance with Simon and Daphne to the last dance, like their first dance is pretty intimate considering they didn't even really care for each other much. Mm -hmm. And the last dance is just, I mean, Oh, oh. I, I melt. I'm melting. Um, the costuming, like every family in the town basically has their own colors. Like the Bridgertons are blue, like blue to purple. They kind of are seen in these all shades of blue and purple. Like Daphne wears a lot of periwinkle and lavender kind of colors. And she looks great in it. And like pretty much the whole family does. Um, Simon wears a lot of red and gold. But yeah, every house you go to with a ball, you can kind of tell what the family colors are because every family has a personality everybody dresses to the mm -hmm. family colors a little bit and uh yeah some of the music though was so so good i am straight addicted to the wedding march the song they played during the wedding march so who so not all the music was done by one uh artist but most of the music was done by one artist who's that one artist there's a composer called chris bowers mm -hmm. that composed a lot of the music for the show um and then i forget what the role is of the other person but there's another person that helped with the music of the show like i guess composing not composing music but bringing music in to use in the show and they brought in um this group named vitamin string quartet mm -hmm. and they're the ones that cover the pop songs for the most part there is i think one or two other pop songs that might be covered by somebody else but um so much fun. There is a playlist on Spotify called Pop Goes Classical. It is nearly six hours of 
pop songs done classical. It contains a lot of the stuff from Bridgerton um, and a lot of similar. I mean, it's literally six hours. Like I put it on in my office during the day and it's the perfect background for no matter what's happening in my day. I don't and get it's, high it's strung. Not, yeah, it's calming, I'm not but distracted. also beautiful. And it's it's like I said, modern songs kind of also put, you a little, put a little pep in you. Yes, it makes me so happy to hear like just, yeah, I just, uh, I die. Um, so great music, the costumes, the wigs, over the top. I mean, the costuming is amazing. They were making it all for all of them. Um, some of the ladies are in full corsets. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, like Daphne and her family, those girls are pretty much in half corsets. I don't know why. It's never, I tried looking it up on the internet. It's not mm-hmm. really discussed, but just the style of clothing that they wear. Mm-hmm. But like the Featheringtons all wear full corsets and they're like cinched crazy tight. One of them faints because <laughs> she can't breathe. I'm like, oh God, I'm so glad I did not have to live in that day. <laughs> um, makeup was all pretty modest, mm-hmm. like real modest. It was just yeah. like, you know, porcelain faces and drawn on eyebrows for the most part. Let's talk a little bit about um, some of the societal messages that this TV series brings to the table. So let's much. spend a few minutes talking about right? that. Like masculinity, mm-hmm. vulnerability. Oh, for sure. Like vulnerability. That era wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. about equality. <laughs> no i mean given that men are allowed to run around town and be yeah. quote, fucking everybody yeah and then like, girls don't even know what fucking is exactly the girls don't know what sex is until they get to their wedding night and even then they might be going in sort of blind and they're just kind of expected and like men could demand sex of their wives in that time oh. just like it was part of your quote mm-hmm. duty and yeah, so the whole sex thing was unequal. Women didn't really work. You know, the men either owned land, like at least in society. The, that's how these families get their money. They own land and they have renters, tenants and that kind of stuff. But masculinity is interesting because they're all, they're not super emotional. They gamble. That Men all go off to their own bar in the show. It's called mm-hmm. Whites. Yeah. It's basically a club for men. They go and they hang out and they gamble and they drink. And then sometimes there's a bunch of girls that just yeah. walk in and kind of like, like prostitutes. Yeah, like I was going to say I was going to say like, hookers. Quote, but ladies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they come in and they just And it's all acceptable. The yeah. They come in and they schmooze the men and the women are looking for yeah. some rich guy to take care of them. Mm-hmm. They don't care if they yeah, are Yeah, because even the Soprano mm-hmm. even said like, oh, you know, Anthony is gone. I will, you know, it won't take long for me to find another. Yeah, exactly. She's like, it's fine. I'll find a rich man who will take care of me. And da 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 da. And like, that's all they're looking for because there's only so much money I can assume they make as a woman in any profession. In any in any job. Um, masculinity again. The guys hang out. They do their own thing. The women are expected. The women aren't supposed to go to the boxing match. There's boxing matches in the show, and it's like kind of a scandal with the mom when Daphne goes with her brother to one of the boxing matches. She's like, that is no place for a young lady. She's like, I, I, it was. Doesn't she go fine. with the prince? She goes with her brother. Her brother takes her because the prince has asked for her to. Oh, like I see. The, I must the have prince missed asked that. for her yeah. brother asked her brother if he would bring her but he was like you know i didn't really hold out hopes that you would come and she okay, was like okay. why missed, yeah okay cool so um, yeah daphne's kind of a abnormally independent witty yeah she is fast thinker kind of not quite sassy like not rude no. at all but she knows what she wants she yeah. knows what she's you know she knows and how she's, she's gonna get it or she's going I think to at, like the 
boundaries that society mm-hmm. has her in and she's kind of constantly trying to push out of right. them. like she gets and she really even stands up to her brothers too yeah. she's like this is my life my future yeah i'm perfectly capable of deciding my own exactly propriety what does she say proprieties or something along these lines like she's like i can make this are you saying this because i'm a woman so there's a lot of this like um inequality with the yeah. sexes that she pushes back on and the men are like this is just the way it's done and she's like but that's not that doesn't make any sense i don't want to do it that way and i can make up my own yeah. mind and i can do what i want so <laughs> she actually tells Simon yeah, at one point he's like does. stop walking like because she's wandering off into the gardens yeah. at night by herself and he's like it's not safe out here he's like stop walking and she goes don't tell me what to do <laughs> which i love that scene because i'm yeah. so known for saying that but like it's she's constantly like pushing back against mm-hmm. this idea that men could control and own and yeah. yeah so why if you can summarize mm-hmm. why do you love this series so much why what, like what about it makes you watch it at least four times so Besides far i mean what's that Duke. four times eight is 32 hours <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> and then uh, that's just watching those episodes imagine all the hours that okay, you just don't talk about read up on <laughs> i'm not trying to i'm just saying like I have obviously this TV series. <laughs> and then you well you also read the books you know the two possible? books i'm just saying like you know so there's something about this series that has really that you related to or that has resonated with you and so like tell me yeah i mean you know, so why? the first time i watched it, it was just watching it and i was like for that entertainment was great. or okay. yeah total entertainment okay. i'm not mm-hmm. a period piece person the second time i decided to start going through it because i was literally bored and there was nothing on television <laughs> like i don't really ever have much time to watch tv but uh-huh. i did that's what i'm saying bored. like so you don't like, have much and i don't have much time I was but like, you was, watched it four times so. it was kind of good i'll just turn it on while yeah. i lay in bed and like yeah. watch it again and then i was able to pick up on so much there's so much detail in the show yeah so many characters so much dialogue the dancing, the music, there's just so much to catch up on that like the second time I watched it, I didn't have to s- concentrate so hard yeah. on it mm-hmm. that I could just take a lot more in. Yeah. And then I was just like, wow, what a great, I was just over the moon. And then the third time was because you were watching it and I was with you. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not going to not watch it. <laughs> I'm right here. Like, feels rude if I don't. Like I, they, they would know if I didn't watch it with you. So, And then I explained, I read the book. And then I wanted to get it straight in my head again. So I watched it again. <laughs> and now you're going to read the book again. Oh, it's a vicious cycle. No, um, that is but awesome. it's just, it's just a fun, a really fun show. Like tops to bots. Mm-hmm. I, it just, they just did it really well. Um, the scenery, the story, they modernized it. I feel like they made these female characters accessible and the male characters are accessible. Like not addressing they start to address some vulnerabilities and it's like Anthony has a storyline where he's like, you know, he's, he's, ha- he's having his own inner struggles yeah, and, and trying to find his own inner voice. The, fa- the mother's trying to marry him off the yep. entire s- installment all of these episodes she's like i'll introduce you to some nice young ladies you mm-hmm. think i don't know about the soprano on the other side of town and the place you play pay like the other for side of there. the room in that one scene yeah like she's like you think i don't know and like we see you and oh they yeah. they drop so many little Nug- like, yeah so many little nuggets about the mm-hmm. next installment are in this one and like there's just so much things like the bees that recur there are bees there's Anthony constantly checking the Anthony. watch. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was calling it. Well, they spell it with an H. It's I know, so hard for me not to say because I, I read it. Yeah. And now I see it in my head. So. so, of course, like I knew at the end of the TV series of the first installment is, you know, the next installment is going to be about. Yeah. Anthony. Well, you, you know, it's going to be about Anthony because they tell you like at the end of the thing, it's like 
He's like, yeah, I think I should find my missus and, you know, declare my intentions. Right. Like, oh, my gosh, you're going to get married. Might you fall in love? And he was like, oh, no, no, I've already decided love is the sticky part and I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to find someone to marry her. It'll be fine. So and I've read the second book and I know that's what it's about. But like excited for the second installment in this show because they dropped again. They've dropped so many hints. Damn, I say the word so a lot. So they've dropped a ton of hints and I just I'm really, really excited. All right. With, Are we sure that a second installment has been? It's been confirmed. It's on the Internet. The interwebs oh, that's have confirmed. I believe they started filming this month. All right. I've read the second book and there's so much. So <laughs> there's but there's just so much they've teased in this first installment of the show as far as Eloise and Anthony and the second book is they've dropped a lot of leads like where the show the uh-huh. entire show as a whole can go in what direction there's multiple directions it can go. Yeah. However, at the end, I was led to believe that it would be about Anthony. Yes. But I was still curious about all the other Bridgerton series. Because they're all there, right? And like in the book, they're barely mentioned a lot of them. So a lot of symbolism in this installment. Like there are tulips brought up a number of times. Mm. There will be tulips again in the next story. Bees. I don't know if anybody paid attention to the bumblebee that was hanging around the opening scenes of the show. There was one story about, you know... um, when Lady Whistledown was uh, narrating something, there were some bees on some flowers of a wedding day taking off. And then there's a bee at the very end mm-hmm. after, spoiler alert, after Daphne gives birth, there's a bumblebee hmm, that yeah, I didn't flies notice around any the of these room things. and hits like a flower or something on the windowsill and then takes off. So interesting stuff. Lots of butterflies on the feathering okay. tins. There's also really cool stuff. So anyways, these bees, if you also noticed in this uh, these eight episodes, Anthony checks his watch like yeah, all his of the little time. pocket watch that his father gave him. So obsessed with it, right? So, and we know his the father has died. They mm-hmm. don't really dive into it. In book two, they tell you that he died from a bee sting. Oh, so it was like sudden, like he just came home, got stung by a bee, and died. Something like this. Like it was very tragic. And Anthony, being the oldest child, was the one who had the most memories and had spent mm-hmm. the most time mm-hmm. with his father. He was like. I think 16 when his father died. And so that would make his father only about 36 or 30. I think he was 38. The book tells you. So a young death, right? Mm -hmm. And very sudden they had like a baby or the last baby was about to be born. Something like this. Um, So Anthony checking his watch is kind of a hint at he is, at least in my opinion, him always checking his watch is like, because now that I've read the book and I know he's very uh, aware of his own mortality. I see. So checking his watch is very very symbolic symbolic. for him. It's like he only has so much time. And even his mother, I didn't notice it until like the eighth time I've watched. (laughs) Um, That one scene when she talks about time? Where she says, do you know what time it is? What time do you have? Yeah. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I saw you looking at your watch. What time is it? And he was like, it's quarter till. And she's like, okay, well, you know, and she's kind of talking about getting married. She's like, as we both know, time is of the essence. Right. So like kind of hinting that he knows yeah. he there's mortality around life and it's not infinite and just free and stop dicking around, kid. Marry someone and make me some babies. <laughs> so I want some grandbabies. You need an heir. Like that's your responsibility as yeah. a Viscount. You heir. By the way, Viscount is spelled V-I-S-C-O-U-N-T. 
mm. looks like Viscount, like yes. Discount, but it's spelled or it's Viscount like Discount. Yeah. <laughs> it's pronounced Viscount. I'm going to start going Viscount. Yeah, that's something <laughs> I learned in Bridgerton. Had no idea how that was spelled uh, until I saw that there. Um, so with the bees, their father being stung by a bee, it made me think also the bee at the end, I was like, do you think this is like the spirit of their father kind oh, of hovering wow. around like as the baby was born and it was I like, thought about that. I know I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like the whole bee thing, like maybe it's their hmm. dad's spirit yeah. type of thing. Like, um, I just thought that was really, really interesting. Um, Anthony's story is going to be a great one. I'm really excited for him to fall in love or not fall in love or marry a wife or don't. Uh, Eloise, what a sassy little beast, right? Like she thought she had found out who, who the, the whistle down was. Yes, Lady Dis- whistle And then down. right at the end of the last episode, she's realizing she was wrong. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really tell us if she's figured out that she knows who it is. She's she, or we for sure if she know, only she knows, knows that she's wrong. Yeah, we for sure know she knows she's wrong. But there's like this look on her face that you're like, but did she figure it out? Because mm-hmm. like I personally watching the show, I figured it out about halfway. And I was like, oh, it's totally this person. And um, and then I was right. And I'm always really excited when I'm right. <laughs> so <laughs> people I will never tell people either because I've done that before. Like. I'll think my thoughts out loud and then it comes true and I end up pissing people off. They're like, God. <laughs> so I never tell anybody anymore unless they're like, ask me. But Eloise is such a cynic for love and I have no clue how her story goes in the books because I've only you haven't read, gotten to her yeah, book yet. I've only read the two. I don't even know what the third one's about, yeah. to be honest with you yet. I, I don't want to know because it'll make me want to mm-hmm, read mm-hmm. it. So like she's such a cynic though about love and she's like I want to go off I want to feed my mind I want to study more yeah. like I don't need to be some wife and feathers in the hair what a silly thing and she's just like not all about the simpering and the mm-hmm, primping and mm-hmm. the dancing around and presenting yourself for boys yeah. and men I mean it it one of the lines that she said at the end of the first installment kind of really stayed with me and how she like at the very end, she uh, grabs Daphne's hand and she's like, thank you for being perfect. So I don't have to be. Yes. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, it's not like perfect. It's just perfect as it's defined by this existing society right now and how then she doesn't have to deal with the pressures of society and she can be herself, which is just perfect in my mind, mm-hmm. but like she can be herself, which is imperfect in that current society's mind yeah it's not ideal it's not custom it's not their yeah their vision of what uh society family should look like right so i really like i i really like eloise and i am excited to kind of see her story unfold and i like what a snarky little yeah like her sister when daphne does get married and leave she's like i have a gift for you it's got four walls and four <laughs> poster bed and and you know eloise is just like probably bunking with her sisters probably she's yeah. not the oldest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so now she gets her own room and she's like mm, i suppose your room does have all good light <laughs> <laughs> like she's so yeah. funny but she's also she is also the brave one that tells her brother uh the benedict yep to kind of like dude you're the second child like do whatever your heart wants to do like you're a man you can go and run off and make your dreams come true you want to be an artist go fucking be an artist yeah she's like oh it must be so hard for you to do whatever you want to do so like i like her like i love how she stands up to like she's not afraid to stand up and she's like stop feeling sorry for yourself exactly you get to do whatever you want to do and no one gives Mm -hmm. you any shit about it yeah, so I, rock on. I'm Team Eloise. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really like her. She was just born about 200 years too early. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she'd be good friends. We'd oh be good yeah, friends if she was she'd here probably today. be our other podcast partner, right? 100. <laughs> We'd be having her on the pod, yeah. and she'd be telling us all about her like PhD mm-hmm. in nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So, uh, so 
any other teasers or comments you want to make about installment number two without spoiling too much since you've read the second book? Because yeah, we I also mean, the thing is like we like, also have books, to recognize there's so much more in the TV yeah. show than is in the one right. book. The one book is really just Anthony's yeah. story. So now but we also I have to recognize that. that producers and writers might completely go a different route to or add or sprinkle other right. things that and aren't there in could that be book. Tons of characters in there yeah. that weren't in the book, just like there were in this series. Mm-hmm. Like uh, lots of characters, lots of storylines happening. Oh, the Marina storyline I found out. The oh, Colin Marina, Marina is a cousin of the Feather. Yes, the Featherington. Feather, yeah, the Featherington. Featherington is such a weird name. I know. That's why I'm like, why do I? I keep wanting to say Feather. Downs because movie. I can. <laughs> There's an Adam, this Adam Sandler movie called Mr. Deeds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and that really long. Well, I know the writer makes up yeah. this like Featherington Downville yeah. Maybury. Like, yeah, she it, makes up like this crazy name with all these surnames, like yes. little things after it. And it's like that's how 40 letters long. That's how Featherington makes me feel. It's like Featheringtonville <laughs> Down. <laughs> like, it's yes. just like so many things. I'm like, why does it have to be so long? I so yeah not I know they've started filming but I know the marina thing is actually a call from like book five. Oh, interesting I, okay I went in some like deep dives on the internet to find out some of the stuff so like I did find out that the marina and the philip thing is a call from like book five so that's how I know that oh, they're pulling so these are in. like some foreshadowing stuff yeah so they're gonna love they're pulling it in some storylines that's some great writing in some different you know, in, in not necessarily in different order, but maybe a little bit from the books, but books you can only focus on so much. Otherwise yeah, the book gets muddy and it's yeah. hard to read. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think I have a lot else in that regard. I just, as far as appreciating the show and the costumes and the music and the writing and the way they tweaked the storylines from the book to make it really fun to watch the love triangle with Burbrook, just really fun. I think they did a really, really good job. And I also was really appreciative at how they took Daphne, Daphne from this innocent to this duchess running a household and making decisions Mm -hmm. and they just really did a good job growing her up and like maturing her look and her attitude and kind of how she took charge of things at the end and how she really brought that out of Simon and how they how they took him from this almost the opposite like they took him I guess he he grew maturity wise as well it was like this hardened shut off closed off I don't need to feel anything feeling sucks I'm never gonna love I'm never gonna do this I'm never gonna do that to like you know breaking those walls down and like he decides like I know I don't want to be alone I just don't know that I know how to do this yeah and like kind of being willing to admit that and be vulnerable and give himself to her so to speak and try it out yeah and i mean it it's such a great a lot to like what you were saying like what is masculinity and when you are vulnerable it doesn't take away from your masculinity when you are vulnerable it doesn't take away from your masculinity yeah 100 percent. it if anything it makes it more appealing mm-hmm. like having the femininity to your masculinity yeah is an important balance um it's, it's also very appealing to women who right tend to be more feminine but have those masculine i was just gonna say because like especially when you go back to like daphne's growth and maturity i mean she had to uh develop some masculinity like being assertive Mm -hmm. asking for what you want getting what you want demanding what you want like having self-worth like those are or can be considered masculine attributes and so like there's that balance and you know you kind of have to kind of find that balance for yourself and and then that builds attraction for you know between the two people so exactly he's very attracted to that about her that she's like has some independent thought 
And when he starts to break down to like becoming that more, a slightly more softened version. Oh my God. Y'all, the speech that he gives the queen when they're trying to get their license. We got to backtrack just for a hot second. It is beautiful speech. I have watched it more times than I should admit publicly. It is so good. Yeah. So good. And then the wedding night when again, he's like everything I told that queen was true. And she just thought it was a show to get the license kind of thing. And like, he's like everything I told her was true. He's like, you rule my thoughts. Like, from the mo- minute you wake till, you know, the moment you rest, uh, you're you're everywhere. You're in my thoughts and like I am yours. And it's like, oh, panties dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <Yes>. a puddle. <laughs> like, what? And then it's like, I burn for you, that whole thing. And then she's like, you do? Like, she's just so like taken aback because he's never exposed himself yeah. like that to her. And like in those, he stutters in that room, in that scene. And I love that they brought that back because in the book, he's much more afflicted with the stutter than in the TV show. But if you really pay attention in the TV Mm -hmm. series, you do hear like in the moments where he's frustrated and really worked up, he does get a little bit of a stutter. Like the time when she runs away from him into the garden and he's like, Miss Bridgerton, he's like, Miss Bridger. Like there's a little bit of a stutter in a couple of moments. And in one scene, that wedding night where he... Um, he stutters just like they smush over a word a little bit and he stutters a word or two. And I just, I love that little detail that they kept that true to the book where it was like, cause it's, it is, it's moments when he gets emotional and worked up and he just like those old habits come back and he stutters over some words. And, um, I love that they brought that little detail in there and they just grew them both so well as characters it'll be exciting to see them as like this happy married couple in the other ones um but i'm excited for you know watching new sex scenes with new hot Mm -hmm. people in the next series too would you like to take a little quiz on some of the yes yes i've been looking forward to it all night so we went over ton yep which is kind of how they say town but it's ton and it's really the upper echelon of the society right got it so we talked about the scandal sheet so there's another phrase that they use when they're referring to people being young and they say barely out of your leading strings oh i didn't catch that you didn't catch that one it's Mm-mm. like um simon was like i thought she was young and chaste and barely out of leading strings. oh i didn't catch that so that's one that probably comes up four or five okay. maybe six times throughout the so, episodes i actually after our episode tonight i actually really want to watch episode or all all the episodes again so i can catch some of this (laughs) i'm so excited i want you to watch it again so bad i just want to drag everyone into this (laughs) dark abyss with me (laughs) it's actually a pretty good abyss i mean can you think of something more amazing to be obsessed with (laughs) Uh, yes okay so leading leading strings so leading strings were like literally straps that they sewed onto children's clothing Uh uh-huh when they were like learning to walk. Oh, okay. So that they could kind of like almost drag like them. <laughs> almost like a puppet. Like it like hold you up while you were learning to walk. I feel like walk. it's one of those, um, you know, when I had dogs, uh, I I knew of like where it was like a training belt or like a training leash okay. where you would tie it to your belt oh. and so that your dog could learn how to heal, heal and yeah. how to like walk by you without like pulling or whatever. And so like when you said that, that's what it reminds me of like, yeah teaching your children how to heal <laughs> yeah so in the show when they're like barely out of leading strings they say it about the bridgertons like 
years out of their leading strings and still not willing to marry kind of thing. And they yeah. like, they, they say it quite a few times in the show, but I was like, what the fuck are leading strings? Mm. Like you understand that it's something to do with being a child, right. but I didn't realize it was like that. that little, yeah. But, okay. Um, so they say a few times this phrase called simper and mince. Yes. You had said that earlier as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, Assuming it has something to do with uh, like some feminine hobby of sewing or uh, something. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is um, uh, simper and mince is like waving, smiling, walking. It's sort of just like almost like a little way of presenting yourself. Okay. Almost like almost like prancing. Okay. Kind of how I would got you mash those two words into one today. It's like just being kind of cute, smirking, girly, smiling, feminine, ladylike. Yeah. Like almost flirty, just kind okay. of like presenting in a cutesy little way. Okay. Um, I'm going to start simpering. They refer to their courses. Oh, yeah. Courses is period. It is. Yeah. Just, yeah I, I like, caught that. I was like, after a while, they were like, she hasn't cu- started her course yet. And then I was yeah. like, her period? Yeah. <laughs> in yeah, my yeah. head. I was like, you mean bleeding? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, you haven't bled. What are your courses? Where are yeah. your courses? You haven't started your I course this month. Courses. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like. Your mm. period? Yeah, that was pretty easy to yeah. pick up on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good job. Um, One. <laughs> One point for me. <laughs> so, I've, so a couple of times Daphne or some of the girls have referred to the guys as beastly, mm-hmm. which I didn't think was hard to pick up on, but I just thought it was funny that they're like, oh, you're beastly. Like, I thought it was just manly. Like, I thought it was just like, hey, you're so strong. And you're like. No, it was more like when the guys would be teasing. Oh. And like if they were kind of like picking on you. Or, okay. But not kind of like, like a, charming in a funny, but bol- like, I want to say bolsterous, but. Um, yeah, it's like being a, a, I don't know. It's almost like teasing or picking mm-hmm. on in like a cutesy okay. like yeah. way. A rake. So yeah, the, like some a jackass. Boys, some of the boys are referred to <laughs> Sorry, as a that's rake. That's what I thought. Like, and Daphne says, off raking around the confidence, yeah. forlorn and alone. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So like a rake is kind of like a, they describe it. If you go on the Netflix uh-huh. Bridgerton Instagram, uh-huh. they describe a rake as like a fuck boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant to say when I said jackass. Yeah. But a fuck boy to me is a jackass. So if you're a fuck boy, you're also a jackass in my dictionary. <laughs> okay. I'm not arguing. This, no, that's sure. what I meant. But like yeah. I like a fuck boy that that fucks around, doesn't care what yes. other people think and doesn't care about the feelings and the people that you're hurting. It's not and so it makes you a jackass. Hurting. So they're not out. They're not out hurting people's feelings, but they're literally just like in this age, yeah. men were allowed to roam freely yeah. and be promiscuous. Mm-hmm. And the women Without, weren't. Yeah, exactly. So the men got labeled. And women were not allowed to do this. If women actually, so I read that women would sometimes have, if they'd already sired an heir and they had a kid, sometimes they would have affairs. They just had to be really freaking careful mm-hmm. about it because if the town found out, there was big trouble. So yeah, a rake is like a fuck boy. And then we have, oh, dally or dallying. Did you catch that? No, one I didn't catch that. Like Daphne, you dallied with the prince to, you know, get the Duke's attention or this and that. Like dallying is like, and, and, he's the duke is accused of dallying with daphne and getting in the way of the prince's affections so it's basically like a way of like flirting or hanging out or like um friend zoning somebody Mm. but like kind of cock blocking them almost interesting okay yeah it's like yeah it's kind of cock in my head kind of cock blocking like you're you're really just flirting with this person with zero intention yeah so that was dallying um snuff 
Oh, no, I didn't catch that either. The queen had some snuff in oh. an episode. She had Lady Bridgerton over for tea. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they were discussing, basically plotting Gossiping? to get these people together. Oh, okay. No, they were, they were, if you're really paying attention to what, like the underlying between the lines, uh-huh. they were plotting how to get them to their. Right. The prince and Daphne. Yeah. Um, or basically oh, no, no, how no. to get Burbrook out yeah, of the yeah. picture. Yeah, yeah. How to get Burbrook out of the picture. That was yeah. what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Snuff was actually, it looked like she was snorting coke. Oh, Snuff. Yeah. 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 It it was. Uh, in I my mind, I thought it was blow. Coke. I was like, look at you go. You go, yeah. girl. Look at how modern the show is. So back in the day, Snuff was actually ground tobacco. Oh, okay. And they would sniff it and get like a crazy buzz, which I can imagine would be something interesting. Um, couple of phrases I thought were funny that I've sort of adopted. Uh, you flatter me, not yeah. too, you know, too much of a stretch to figure that one out, but you wound me. Yeah. I really adored that. It was like, ouch. Like whenever they would pick on you a little too much, like their, one of their responses would be like, you wound me. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just love that. Your grace. <laughs> mm, your grace. I love the idea of being called your grace. I still love it. Um, and then uh, to be ruined yeah women could be ruined yeah, mm-hmm. when you lose your virginity or kiss even kissing even kissing even like holding kissing hands, even just being alone with yeah, a man was ru- bu- could ruin, ruin your, your reputation because yeah, mm-hmm. no one knew what happened if exactly. you didn't have a chaperone yeah so crazy um that's about it for my lots of fun words mm. quiz pop quiz i like time. it i like it we should um, do some of that on our instagram yeah i agree i did read that a duke is just below a king in rank i was really oh. curious about the rankings so just i would a little think that was a prince extra trivia well like the prince is oh, next right, in right. line to yeah. be a king and then the duke is like the second kind of yeah, like so um how prince harry is a duke and yes. uh, pr- uh princess megan is a duchess. a duchess yes so the duke is below the king um and a viscount is below a duke but above a baron oh right i learned that in princess diaries oh good for you <laughs> <laughs> is that what anne hathaway Anne Hathaway was a princess, but she had barons that were at uh, her, like a couple of her events, and they were hoping that she wouldn't accept the role of princess because they would be next in line to be king and queen. I had no idea. But there was no Viscount in, there was no Viscount in, uh, in Princess Diaries. I don't think I saw that, but I was curious about Viscount because that's just not a title. No, it's not a, a very lot. common so one. So I was like, I had to look this yeah. up really mm-hmm, quick and mm-hmm. find out the order of things. So Daphne would have done really well to marry the prince. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was a love match and she yeah. married the Duke and they made a beautiful baby. And then they have seven more installments to I'm really share sad that I'm probably not going to see his naked body in the future mm, installments. Yeah. But I always have season one. Exactly. And I will don't know that I'll ever not look at it the way she does in that on that wedding night <laughs> how she looks at him on their wedding night oh. is how i'll always see well, yeah. installment one yeah for sure oh <laughs> well this is such a fun time your grace <laughs> your grace thank, thank you. you thank you so much your grace for can i tell you my favorite your grace uh-huh in the show uh-huh. is on their wedding like when they first get home for the uh-huh. honeymoon and she like pries herself out of bed he wants her to stay in bed all day and she's like, I have to go meet with your housekeeper. Like, I can't keep fucking you all day. I want to. I'll be back. And she gets up and throws on like a little dressing gown and goes off to like clean up and get dressed and whatever. And she like does a cute little curtsy at the end of the bed. And she's like, you're grace. And he basically growls it back at her with like the greatest bed voice. Mm. If there could be. If I'm that- have to rewatch that scene. Yeah. Do it. You won't be sad because he basically like growls it at her. It's very like guttural. It's like, it's really deep and throaty. 
It is so fucking hot. Oh, I love it. Okay, done. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> I don't think it sounds like that. That was a little creepy. That was a little scary. <laughs> Please don't do it again. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so- for... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Thank you for like uh, just letting me let all this out no i love it it's and great. giving me a reason to be nutty about this <laughs> silly it. show that- and our listeners love it too and they had such a blast so. full of laughs and so, so if you haven't seen bridgerton you better fucking watch it i mean 82 million people houses exactly. not people houses mm-hmm. had watched it we mentioned this i think before like it's the most watched, watched netflix original series. yeah it was their so, like, most successful launch go watch it add to that that the stats and then dm us about what you think 100 there's something there for everybody yeah, yeah, yeah it's good stuff all right well as always it's a pleasure thank you so much for joining us for our very first bonus episode and again my most sincere and large thanks (laughs) to my grace my lady amanda bridgerton (laughs) thank you very much your grace it's been lovely being here uh i look forward to making your acquaintance again sometime oh you flatter me (laughs) all right have a wonderful week everyone talk to you soon love you love you too